The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Huntley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at. Hump day with the Flakes. 62 degrees downtown. Quite a bit cooler than yesterday. But still going to be a warm one again today. I flipped over and watched a little CNN this morning. And uh, you remember last week when temperatures got to what Billings has been having the last few days. Oregon was getting scorched. Today in New York City, heat advisory, it's going to be 90 degrees. It's going to feel like 91 or two. Oh, no. <laughs> Big heat advisory, and then they list all the things. Please be careful. Don't go outside, blah, blah, blah. But I started watching TV because one of my habits, I guess, now is towards the, towards the end of whatever the sleep cycle is on any given workday. I'll get up and go lay on the couch and see if I can fall back asleep. And I did that this morning, and at exactly 2.37, my TV turned itself on. (laughs) Uh, I bought it last year at Costco. It turned itself on a lot when I first bought it. It doesn't do it much now. I thought maybe somebody else's remote at one of the houses by me might be a similar signal, but I looked out the window this morning at 2.37 in my neighborhood. There ain't nothing going on. (laughs) Nobody's up. (laughs) So... Just a little little quirk the TV has. And it gave me a little extra time to have a little extra coffee and keep up on what's going on in the world. Big news. Legendary Dodger broadcaster Vin Scully died at 94. And the, uh, the tributes coming in, he was one of those guys that nobody disliked. 67 years as a broadcaster. So that's why Paul and I always tell kids, don't get into broadcasting. Because before you know it. Dead end job, (laughs) going nowhere. And you'll be stuck here for 67 years. That's (laughs) right. Wow. And I think guys like Paul and I have more of an appreciation for a good play-by-play. Because we've done it. And it's not all easy. And then they were showing clips of some of the iconic sporting moments that he was at the microphone for when Hank Aaron hit number 715, when uh, Joe Montana threw that pass to, uh, oh, how can I forget? Dwight him? Clark. Dwight Clark, yes. But just, just so. I when, remember. Yeah. Because it was against the Bengals. <laughs> so, I remember. Round a long time. And uh, Vin Scully experienced the things that we've experienced in this business as far as uh, changes go. Oh, yeah. Because look at the way baseball was when he started and look at the way baseball was when he finished. And it's the same thing that uh, we talk about, uh, how radio has changed since uh, when we first got in to where it is now. It's a different different thing, different animal. Uh, Evolution does that. Just things change, Mm -hmm. like the weather uh, things. No, well, actually, weather's the only thing that should not change, folks. It's the only thing. Look at the smoke over there. You see that? Yes, that's odd. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hanging over the heights up there. Um, but um, and in a long time, my dad was listening to radio, baseball broadcast, folks, long before Vin Skilly was even on the air. Oh yeah. My dad started listening to the Cincinnati Reds on the radio in 1929. That's when they got their first 
um, big radio in their home because his dad was really frugal, <laughs> really pinch pennies, and uh, they didn't. They just didn't have that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, their his mom made homemade root beer for goodness sakes and things. Right. Well, you that, know, I mean, it was that was just, the, that was the center of the family's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Couldn't afford to go out to movies, and there's mm-hmm. no smartphones. And- yeah, just, um, but in 1929, they got a big radio, and then they would, uh, they could listen to the Reds games, and uh, that's how they did it. Tickets were a little cheaper <laughs> back then, and... Uh, well, salaries were a little different back then. The Reds had Crosley Field. That's where they started, and... But uh, Vin Scully saw a lot of changes throughout his tenure in baseball uh, from from Jackie Robinson all the way through. Now they've turned uh, they've turned baseball more into a show. Um, Oh, yeah. If you go to a game, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, it's it's immersion of the senses. And the, the, the new generation of stars and players have added flair, uh, showmanship stuff like that to attract the uh the younger audiences and um some people like it some people don't i don't think there's anything wrong with enthusiasm and stuff like that uh i i i you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that in baseball there used to be written unwritten rules right uh you didn't sit at home plate and watch your ball (laughs) fly out of the ballpark because hey dumbass (laughs) You know, you you're only batting 240 uh, this year. Yeah. That you know, just think of that. That that means that 76 percent of the time you're you don't even get on base. Right. But I just hit one out. I'm going to sit there and watch it mm-hmm. and look at the dugout and Not only stuff. That, you see my chains. Yeah, <laughs> that would have never. I mean, that's another thing. Jewelry. Right. I don't understand the jewelry thing in baseball. I I don't understand it at all. Uh. Why, when they go out, if you see them at the post-game interview afterwards mm-hmm. and they're in their clothes, they have no jewelry on. <laughs> Mark, it drives me up the freaking wall. I am aware. They got no jewelry on after the game. I they're sitting there and they'll be in a sport jacket and they'll be in a, in a button-down shirt or something or a, a mm-hmm. regular shirt and they'll be sitting there and they'll have no jewelry on. But when they go to bat, they got three gold chains hanging out mm-hmm. down. I I don't understand that part of it. And uh I don't know who the first one was to bring jewelry in either. Mm-hmm. And uh because baseball is like football in regards to everything that they wear is licensed, approved, uh paid for, and yet they can wear jewelry. You know, you folks know this in Little League. In Little League Baseball, you can't even have a pitcher, can't even have, if he's, if he's pitching in majors or whatever it is, you, you can't have like a batting glove in your pocket or you got to have the right color. You can't have a, or because it distracts. Doesn't matter in baseball. You could have a gold chain flying. They don't care. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that changed that has changed. Believe me, in nineteen sixty, if Mickey Mantle would have went to the plate and he had a gold chain around his neck and uh would have flipped the bat and stuff like that and pointed to the dugouts and 
he he would have never had the numbers that he would have had because they would have thrown at him every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I seem to recall, didn't the Cincinnati Reds when Mark Shot had him? Uh, wasn't there a no facial hair policy? Yeah. Well, most teams had no facial hair. Okay. In fact, I think baseball had a no facial hair rule altogether, okay. league wide. And the Yankees, I think, were the first ones to allow it. Um, now they all have it. Yeah. Beards is the thing to do, but only during baseball. And then they're in off season. They're <laughs> clean shaven. <laughs> just just part of my get up for playing ball. Yeah. Um. But it changed a lot over his 67 years. Uh, it uh, really did. Well, you know, it's something of importance when somebody like Vince Gully passes and he's the top story on a day in baseball. His sport had a pretty big day with players changing teams and some big names. And I don't follow baseball, but Paul does, and Paul's a Reds fan, so... I'm going to guess the Reds had one good guy left because he got traded. Yeah, they traded him. I, you know, I don't follow baseball anymore. Uh, I kind of keep an eye on it. Um, when I was a kid, that's all that mattered was was baseball and basketball. That's all that mattered. And uh, But now it's a di- different story. But um, Soto went to San Diego. San Diego, you know, they're in the National League West. They have to compete with Los Angeles. Los Angeles spends a quarter of a billion dollars a year on players. And they're, they've are they been dominating lately with that money. And uh, the only way San Diego is going to be able to compete is if they uh, they get in that. And, and, and San Diego is considered one of the smaller markets right. in baseball. Um, even though we look at San Diego as big San Diego... Uh, it's not. It's not one of the New Yorks, the Chicago's, the Houston, the L.A. You know, it's it's not one of those. Um, but yeah, they got Soto. Now they're going to have to sign him, and we know what he just turned down. Mm-hmm. We know how expensive homes are though in San Diego, so <laughs> he's going to have to maybe get a starter house. <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to sway up. Uh huh. Maybe buy a duplex and rent the other side out. Could do that, Mark. Get a roommate, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to remember when Vince Scully was doing baseball in the early days, folks, you had to be very good at it because there was no video. There was no television. No. There were no broadcast games. Um, So you had to to be... uh, be able to describe everything that you see the colors the crowd the weather everything uh that's why you may notice this if you've ever listened to an early baseball broadcast an earlier one the announcers talked really fast Mm -hmm. really fast because there was no video and they had they had to describe everything that was was happening everything uh all between pitches. And in those days, the players didn't take 35 seconds between each pitch right. either. So that's why they talked really fast. You listen to the old time, rather than talking like this, <laughs> Babe Ruth comes to the plate, swinging his turning, a Louisville slugger, 44 ounces, left field shaded to the right. Major crowd on hand here at the Yankee Stadium. The first pitch by St. Patrick. Outside ball one. Babe Ruth looks at the crowd. He points to the crowd. He's unhappy with the call. The umpire says, Man leads on first. Two out, two out. Final of the night. Here comes the third pitch, Babe Ruth. Fly out here on the left field. You know, 
pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's the way they used to do it. Uh-huh. And they had to talk fast to describe the action. And uh, now they now they don't. People used to run out onto the field in the early days of baseball. After the game, they'd run out onto the field. It's right, come right down, run out onto the field. People used to go after the umpires, beat the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. In those days, if they were mad, it was crazy. But they all wore suits. Oh, yeah, when you went to the game, you dressed up. They all wore suits and dresses because it was an event. I kind of miss those days, folks. I think America could use a little more of that, a little more class, and a little less slob, a little miss, a little less slug. A lady... In a the, little, a lady little, in the in the the zebra pants at Walmart. We're yes. talking to you. <laughs> it looks like they were painted on there. You look like the back end of a Volkswagen. <laughs> Guys, too. Yep. I think we need a little more of that. We lost all that. You know, a lot of that's discipline. Uh, a lot of that is effort. A lot of that is uh, is caring. And uh, and you know, in those days, folks. They didn't have as much money. No. They didn't have the money we had now, but yet when they went to church or they went to a ball game or they went out to dinner, uh, they respected the event and their ability to do it, mm-hmm. and they dressed appropriately. I got pictures of my folks in the 60s. On the nights my dad's band wasn't playing, they'd go listen to other bands, and you ought to see how they were dressed. I know. it. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Jeans were never allowed in church. Oh, no. Never allowed in church. No jeans. God, now people just, they just come right from Lake Elmo and walk right into St. Bernard's up there. (laughs) They do, Mark. You're you're exactly right. I mean, it's no biggie. Just different times, different era. And Vin Scully saw all of them. He he went through a lot of them. 67 years. When did he retire? Uh, Like, uh... What was it, 2012 or something, 13 maybe? Baseball Hall of Fame, 17 maybe? Uh, If he... It it doesn't feel like it was very long ago. No, no. But he was 94, and he uh, he did baseball for 67 years. Retired after the 16 season. 16. So he was uh he was 27 when he when he landed that job. Are you a drink-slinging, food-serving expert? Then the Blue Cat Bar and Grill wants to talk to you. If you're an experienced bartender that doesn't drink on shift, great in the kitchen, a team player, and can think on your feet, this is the job for you. There's day, night, and weekend shifts available. The Blue Cat Bar and Grill, small-town hospitality that feels like home. It's a lot like being at Cheers. Apply today at the Blue Cat Bar and Grill, 139 Northern Avenue in Huntley. Ask for Pam or Randy. Uh, at age 25, became the youngest person to broadcast a World Series game, an achievement that still stands. Oh, you, you, that'll stand forever. Yeah. A 25-year-old isn't going to get a major league job now. No. No, you, you got, you got your rock star announcers there too, you know? Well, you, and you got to work your way up. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they come from a AAA affiliate or, uh, something else, um, Want to read you something out of our local newspaper? Okay. The headline, 
primary tests Trump's influence. That's today? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he had quite a bit of influence to what happened last night. Well, here's the second paragraph. The former president endorsed and campaigned for a slate of contenders who support his falsehoods. <laughs> what what fault what nitwit wrote that is that an ap story yep yeah yep and ap doesn't like trump yeah folks if it says ap it's a falsehood yeah no matter what they write it's a falsehood that's why you get the damn truth at five thirty. well guess what president trump had a lot of influence last night and uh, almost all of the campaign results from the, what, six states that had primaries yesterday, the Trump influence prevailed, mm-hmm. um, including, uh, including Mark, Tudor Dixon. She, uh, she had the Trump endorsement in Michigan, and she's going to go up against Gretchen Whitmer, that dingbat, but... <laughs> Tudor Dixon. So few people use that word. You Thank use it, you. You use it so correctly. But, but but Tudor Dixon is going to give Christy Nome a run for the hottest governor. You're kidding? No, I think she's pretty good looking. Look her up. Yeah, yeah. Because Christy Nome's a hot governor. Yeah, we like having yeah, her as a neighbor. Yeah. So, uh, but she won, and uh, so she gets to run against Christian Whitmer. The guy in Michigan who was running for the Republican nomination for the Senate that voted to impeach Trump, Mm -hmm. he got smeared. (laughs) Smeared. He got beat. You know why, folks? And this is what AP and a lot of the Democrats out there don't like is because people know, people know now what their lives were like, what America was like, and what the world was like when President Trump was president. They know. They know they didn't have to check their credit card balance to see if they were had enough credit when they went to fill up their car with gasoline. Mm-hmm. They knew that. Uh, they knew that their children, children weren't going to be threatened by fentanyl that is coming across the border at record amounts and die 100,000 a year die now Uh, they knew they didn't have to worry about Russia China North Korea the Taliban ISIS Taliban's reestablishing themselves in Afghanistan now Mm mm-hmm had a big news conference yesterday they said yeah we understand that they're now back in there and that's where Zawari was when they took him out with an HX-9 or whatever it was, missile that slices you up into little pieces. But, you know, he's been there. He's been there for a long time. And Joe Biden, rather than, listen to this, rather than eliminating the world's most deadly, ruthless terrorist, who took over for Osama bin Laden. He was the second man. And then when Osama was there, he took over. Joe Biden waited and waited. He wanted to make sure not one other person in his family or anything was killed. They've known where this man has been for months, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, 
Ronald Reagan wouldn't have done that. No. They didn't wait. You know what I would have said at that news conference? I would have taken that SOB out the first day and the whole block around him. And I would have said to CNN and, and all the rest of you crazy-ass people out there, I would have said, you know what? Zawari didn't wait for our families to get out of the World Trade Center, did he? Great point. And I said, so shove it up your ass. We had an opportunity. We're taking him out, and we're going to send a message. They did that with Gaddafi, and Gaddafi's family was killed. And guess who straightened up all of a sudden? Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're reestablishing their foothold and their footprint in Afghanistan again. Oh, yeah, they are. Women over there have no rights anymore. They've covered them all up. Can't go to school anymore. Can't teach. Can't drive. Uh, they're being raped, mutilated, murdered, uh, forced into marriage, all kinds of stuff. And um, I don't see any of the hey, hey, ho, ho. You know, uh, where are all the women writers out there? Yeah. The Me Too movement writers out there going against their party who has just made things tougher for women over there, being abused and beaten and battered and oppressed. Where are you? Where's your voice, you squeaky little whiners? How come you're not out there with the vaginas on your head running up and down trying to help those poor women over there? You don't even know what they're going through every day. And they're going through it because Joe Biden abandoned them, left, left our equipment, left our people behind the scenes, just left. That's why Trump supporters are winning. The people of Afghanistan have said things were never better in Afghanistan, had never been better. The economy was starting to move. People were able to move freely. No threat of terrorism or the oppression that they suffered. And now it's all back. All back. It's been almost one year since he surrendered to the Taliban. And you may recall at the news conference, the reason we left, the Taliban's been defeated. They're gone. They've been eliminated from Afghanistan. And look what happens. The head of the Taliban is sitting on a rooftop sunning himself in Kabul. You know what's sad about hitting him with one of those missiles, folks? We didn't use three of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a little harsh, but that's the way it is. The, hey, people up listening this time of day, they all feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Too soft, too long. Mm-hmm. That's why we never worried. We're worried now. How many of you folks are worried? Are you? I never worried when Trump was president. Did you folks worry? Really, think about it. Did you worry when he was president, okay, you hated his mean tweets, and he wasn't nice to CNN reporters because he called them fake newsers. Okay, great. Are you feel safer now? Do you feel, remember, remember Trump was the one, he's unstable. He's going to get us into a world war. He's He needs to undergo an evaluation. He's got his finger on the button. Look who you have. You got crazy Larry in there at the White House right now. He doesn't know what day it is. He's sniffing girls' hair. He's he's made millions from China and Russia. That You're going to find out as soon as the Republicans take over the committees. You're going to find out the true story behind it and why he's compromised. 
Everything in the world's going to hell. Iran's making nukes. China's on the move. Russia's invaded the Ukraine, killing millions of people. We just killed a Taliban leader in Afghanistan. They're back. Fentanyl coming across the border by the truckload, as well as illegals. Mm-hmm. Terrorists coming across the border. In the last months, they've picked up like 68 of the most wanted trying to sneak in. Who do you feel safer? Did you feel, did you ever worry about any of this when the man who had mean tweets was president? John Tester. Hmm? Did you ever worry about that? I didn't worry one bit. He found him and he took him out. Not one bit. How do you feel? How do you feel, you Democrats, how do you feel about President Trump taking action to protect the children and the innocent lives and people of Syria when Assad used chemical weapons that killed those kids. And Trump went over there with the biggest bomb that we made. Remember that? I do. And sent a message to them. What happened to him? You never heard a thing. Don't you know what with me (laughs) and this country. Right. Folks, did you ever feel not safe with that guy? Russia wasn't doing it. China wasn't on them. China wasn't claiming parts of the ocean off the coast of Florida as their own. No. And now look what you got. Now, all of us, no matter what party affiliation, you wake up every day and you look at this administration and you're thinking, what what the hell's going to happen here? China's on the move. Russia's on the move. Look Look what we've done to our military. We have our military now. Instead of training how to camouflage your face, sneak up at night and kill people and destroy their buildings and infrastructure, we're teaching them about diversity, wokeness. They're going through those courses in the military. That's what they're doing. We can't get people to join the Army now. Join the Marines. Join the Air Force. Our numbers are down. Folks, did you feel you feel much safer now that you have Jeff Dunham's dummy <laughs> in the White House? He doesn't know what day it is. He goes to bed at 7 o'clock. He takes massive IVs of of vitamins and things to keep him moving and, and rolling. Do you feel safer? Do you feel better off? The answer is no. That's why 86% or 80% last week of the nation thought we are going in the wrong direction. That's why. That's why. And you're willing to argue. Uh, your point about how much safer and better off we are and what a better position the world is currently in now. Hmm? We got Russia controlling all the energy and gas going into Europe. He shuts down our pipeline in America and then approves Vladimir Putin's pipeline going into Russia. He sold, folks, a million barrels of our strategic oil reserves to China. Why would he do that? What dumb ass would do that? <laughs> He did. Why? Our gas, we can't get oil, begging Middle Eastern guys, and then sells China a million out of our strategic oil reserves. Who would do that, folks? He did. Are you happy about it? That's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So the Trump-endorsed candidates were winning yesterday. They were winning. 
When you're looking for the perfect location to host your special event, your first choice should be the Roadside Event Center. They offer a rustic and charming atmosphere and are an exceptional choice for weddings, reunions, graduation parties, anniversaries, and corporate events. Whether it's a cozy indoor party or an outdoor event, the Roadside Event Center can accommodate and they have a covered patio and a fully stocked bar. Check out Huntley's premier event center at RoadsideEventCenter.com. That's R-H-O-A-D, RoadsideEventCenter.com. I know when I felt better, I just ordered fuel. I know when I felt better. What else today? Air traffic controller said a co-pilot jumped from an airplane. That's a bad sign. (laughs) I've always imagined being on a plane where they've asked if there's a doctor on board, but I've never been on a plane where they've come over and said, is there anybody that can fly the airplane on board? Yeah. Co-pilot may have jumped from a damaged plane before the other pilot made an emergency landing. Oh, okay, okay. There was nobody on board that got it. That's a little different. So, and you know what happened. The Democrat took the parachute and jumped. <laughs> the Republican said, I'm going to try to save lives and steer this airplane and land it so we don't kill innocent people. Well, hell, he didn't even have a parachute. He just no. jumped. Yeah, he just jumped. His body was found in the backyard. Jumped out of the airplane. Well, he must have been pretty sure they were going to crash. That being said... Mm-hmm. I'm still going to take my chances inside. You got that right, Wilson. <laughs> We're landing this bird on a lake or something somewhere. I don't care how bad my pilot is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my motor's off or what's mm-hmm. going on, but let's go ahead and see what mm-hmm. happens here. Folks, remember what old cousin Paul here was telling you about wheat. Oh, the Ukraine. The Ukraine, wheat food shortages. So we Now we're going to have problems. Ukraine was ninth, by the way, wheat producer in the world. And I've been trying to tell you this. Greg GN40, Matt Rosendale, Steve Danes, whenever they want to talk to a farmer, they never talk to me. They go to some other dumbass place at some t- meeting, and they'll talk to somebody where we can get, you know, what it's really like. And I keep telling them, I can tell you what it's really like. I've been doing it for 40 years. I can, t- I can, no, no. And I, you know, I went against the narrative all these months, folks, about wheat. And there is no shortage of it. And we we sell 15 to 20 million bushels of wheat a week out of this country. The different countries who want it. We got so much wheat we don't want to know what to do with here. Corn, same thing. Guess what's in the paper today? U.S. poised to deliver bumper wheat crop. <laughs> bumper wheat crop. Now, Joe Biden is going to take credit for that because Joe Biden... A month ago, asked farmers to increase their wheat production. Remember that? Yes. Hey, and of course, when you talk to a real wheat farmer and not the news media, I gave you the truth. We can't just snap our fingers in July and June when the wheat has already been planted, Mm -hmm. the acres were already seeded, and increase our production. It's not like a factory, folks. It's not like baby formula. You can't do that. They didn't get that perspective anywhere else, but you got it here. U.S. poised to deliver bumper wheat crop. Fields in North Dakota, the top producing U.S. state, are forecasting a yield of a record, folks. They're going to have a record yield, 49.1 bushels per acre. 
in North Dakota. North Dakota's got half of the spring wheat, you know, in the country. The world is counting heavily on American farmers to help refill the grain silos as Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues to put more than a quarter of the global wheat exports at risk. Uh, There's a difference between risk and being eliminated. While all signs point to an ample harvest, weather woes cause growers to plant the crop later than normal. The timing has made the wheat highly vulnerable to late-season problems that could still hurt production. We might have good yield potential right up till the day we get a frost. Spring wheat, high-protein wheat, they make pizza, bagels, other stuff, has been under close watch for potential problems. Wheat, folks, is a world commodity. World commodity. We're going to have a bumper wheat crop. All right, U.S. poised to deliver bumper wheat crop. And I'll tell you something else. You're forgetting about the all the other producers who produce far more wheat than the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. China, Russia. What about Argentina, huh? When Argentina has a great crop, the prices go to hell because they can really feel those. And by the way, we don't have silos, uh, Kim. <laughs> we, we don't have We have granaries not silos. There might be so much wheat at the end of the year from the United States, Argentina, Brazil, Australia. They have big wheat crops. China, Russia. We might not know what to do with it. And then I'll tell you the article that'll come out (laughs) will be this. Biden's push to increase wheat crop pays off Uh. as farmers reap the benefits of record wheat. Hey, everything you're reading from these people now yeah. has got a political slant of some kind. Yeah. But uh, so North Dakota had a lot of snow, ample subsoil moisture, a lot of spring rains, perfect growing conditions. The crop was a little late, but it's not going to be a lot late is because 90 degrees to 100 degree weather pushes the maturity of the crop ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's more millionaires in North Dakota than there is any per capita than there is anywhere in the United States, all run by conservative Republicans. And where are people the poorest, uh, the big cities of the United States? That's where the crime rates are highest, all run by these crazy people. But the wheat crop is um, it's going to be good. Ooh, this is big. A dozen women have joined a lawsuit against the University of Montana. The Title IX lawsuit. Oh, and they went. It's going to be decided by Judge Brian Morris. I can already tell you how this is going to work. <laughs> I can already tell you with Brian Morris. Sorry, uh, you women are not women. That's what he's going to say. Uh, and uh, we don't care. We'll see what happens. Three COVID deaths in Yellowstone County in the month of July. Three. Uh, Is that correct reporting? Were they COVID-19 deaths? Were they Delta variant deaths? Or were they Omicron variant deaths? Boy, you're right on. We need to know. Yes, we do. A woman in her 80s died. She had been vaccinated. A woman in her 70s died. She had not been vaccinated, and a man in his 70s died. He had not been vaccinated. Those three. 
Stay up to date on vaccines. Wear a mask indoors and out in the public. So three. They're still keeping track. Three. And uh, fires concern. They're burning all over the place. It happens every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to fight them till, till we start getting some rain and snow in the fall. That's it. And Airbnb posts second quarter profits because everybody's traveling now. I, You know, we used an Airbnb one time down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I had to fix the air conditioner as soon as I got <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, but that's because Remember you, you that? I do. <laughs> one time. Look great. It's kind of like a rest, you know, a menu item or something. Have you ever noticed folks on television when they show you a sandwich from Subway? Have you ever got a sandwich that looked like that from Subway? Mark, have you? I have never. And I'm watching to see if she's wiping or wiping that knife off in between sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm allergic to mayonnaise. They cut a sandwich with mayonnaise and they put the knife down on there and they cut the next one. Mm-hmm. Airbnb. Second quarter profit, $379 million. Yeah, this place looked like the Taj Mahal. Got in there and it was 82 degrees in there. That, I have, folks, I have never seen in my life ever a furnace filter, <laughs> a cold air intake furner, uh, filter that looked like that in my life. Wow. The evaporator was plugged and uh, I got it working. But uh, we did an Airbnb in Spokane a few years ago. Was it? Did you have a good experience? Made a special point of surprising my daughter and her friend because it was kind of a birthday thing. Mm-hmm. And they were both about 10 at the time. So I got us a house in Spokane with a pool. So got directions, walk into the house. Same thing. It's about 85 degrees in there. And somebody had just come over and turned on the air conditioner. And I opened one set of double doors on the back mm-hmm. to no swimming pool. Oh, really? And I go to the other side of the house and open doors to no swimming pool. Hmm. So I called the gal who had the house and she goes, well, that's because we don't have a swimming pool. I said, well, your ad shows the swimming pool. She goes, oh, just a minute. She gets on the computer. She goes, well, that's not supposed to be on there. <laughs> See? <laughs> I said, well, meantime, I'm in an 86 degree house with two little girls, and no swimming pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you had a surprise when you pulled open the back doors and there was no swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Folks, you want a surprise? Pull back the sheets. Look at those mattresses you want mm-hmm. a surprise. Mm-hmm. I, I know people that travel with black lights and on hotels, they check them. I, uh, I, was, I was disappointed in that. That's why, folks, when you go on the Flakes trip, you get top stuff. Um not to saying that some, when you take 150 people, that one may not have hot water in their room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that ha- when you have 150, right. but they fix it, or they move you to a different room. That's right. They take care of it. You go to an Airbnb and you pay for one week. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You're going to sweat for a week. You, you get what you get. That's right. Uh, it's not like there's a manager on duty you can call and get things fixed. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, like the one I looked up for Great Falls last week, uh, 149 a night. Mm-hmm. But $80 cleaning fee and a, a, another $50 fee for no particular reason. Now, on the other hand, we had Airbnbs when we went to Jake's wedding mm-hmm. out in Boise. And Maddie found two of them. Uh and my sister and a few other people took one, 
and we took one, and they were both 10 out of 10. Good. 10 out of 10. Well, ours was probably 8.8 out of 10. Uh, The other one my sister had, it was a 10 out of 10. So, you know, that was a good experience. But chances are, if you (laughs) use them enough. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, and part of part of the problem right now too, traveling. If you're staying in motels, even mm-hmm. is a lot of the motels can't find and keep housekeepers. Right. What what is what does that stand for, anyway? Uh, I don't know that. The Airbnb. Bring no boyfriends. That's that's <laughs> what I say. That, that's a good rule. <laughs> yeah. Bring no boyfriends. No, I don't. I don't know, Paul. I don't either. But anyway, because the other one, VRBO, vacation rental by owner. Yeah. That one makes sense. Yeah. Don't know. I don't either. Now somebody will. Yeah. First news coming up, folks, 614. The Breakfast Flakes podcast brought to you by the Blue Cat Bar and Grill. Next to the Roadside Event Center in Hudley. The Blue Cat. It's where it's at.